that uh, we rented for our graduation. So this is the main street coming up the parade. That's, uh, that's the Nicaraguan flag. We have also have a school. No, that's our school flag. No? Yeah, the colors are bad. Okay, let, let's see the next picture you have up there. Uh, this was our sixth graders. Um, we te- Barb and I teach Bible to all the grades, and we teach English to most of them. I'm willing to sacrifice some of the English, but not the Bible, because I'm very particular. Um, we live in a part of the country that tends to be legalistic, if you know what that means. And so we, we just want to make sure they just get plain Bible. Anyway, these kids learned a song in English and Spanish, and they practiced all year long really well till they got up on the stage. And like, eh, eh. You, you know how kids get sometimes. Anyway, it's a, it's a Ron Canoli song, Lift Him Up, and they sang it. It's an old, old song, but... It's actually better in Spanish. And so uh, they will be our first class in high school. Nicaragua High School starts in seventh grade. And so we had to get all kinds of new permits from the government. Um, it's a whole it's a whole set of things. But anyway, we finally got approved and we're ready to go. So these kids will be, there were 21 of them, but we have 30 uh, starting high school next year. And we did our pre-registration uh, Capti, I just said we can't take more than 30. I, as a te- any teachers here? I like 20. I work well with 20. But we had to take 30 just because there's so many kids wanting to get in. So we had 30 in each of our classes. And then the delegada, who's like the education ministry supervisor in our town, she finally likes us. She called up and said, well, I'd like to get my niece in your school. I said, 31 in that class. That will be just fine. We, we, want, we want good relations. So anyway, these are our sixth graders. They're really good kids, and um, we'll have them next year. Let's see. You had some other pictures of that it. Jim did all this. He asked me, oh, yeah, these are uh, every year in Nicaragua, there's a, a reading contest for first graders. Reading is not a real big thing because a lot of our kids here, by the time they get into preschool, they know how to read. But this is a, it's, it's something that we've pushed. So these are two of our kids. The boy is Aaron and the girl is Flor. And they, um, they're pretty good readers. So we had a local contest with all the schools in Nueva Guinea, our community, and they both won first place in the boys and the girls category which is real unusual that they would actually award two kids from the same school and a Christian school on that, both first place. And so they went to the regional contest in a town called Rama, and they competed against all the other areas. And they won first place again there, which was really odd because um, it's it, it just for a lot of reasons. Even, even politics, sometimes you wonder what it gets into. But anyway... So then they went to Managua to compete against all the big dogs and from the big schools. And uh, there were 19 boys and 19 girls, and they had the two categories. And our, our boy came in second, and our girl came in second. And I actually thought that, uh, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm whining. They actually won, but we were really proud of them. We were the only school that had two kids in the, in the finals, so we were real proud of them. Uh, the guy in the back is a Cuban who uh, works in Nicaragua. He's trying to get the schools to, to teach more phonics and reading, which Spanish, if, how, how many know a little bit of Spanish? It's a very phonetic language. It's perfect phonetically, and I don't know why they haven't used it all these years. But anyway, he's been working, and he was really proud of all the kids and stuff. So I don't know if there's any more pictures.
Oh, this is our kids' Bible club. It's called uh, Grace Kids, and it meets once a month. And um, we have anywhere from 130 to 150 kids jammed into this room. Uh, half of them are from our school and half are from the, the barrio. This, this year, if you can see up on the sign up there, Cristo es mi superhéroe, Jesus is my superhero. We, uh, there's a Hillsong uh, song called Jesus is my superhero for kids, and they also did it in Spanish. Hillsong is awesome. They do a lot of really cool Spanish stuff. So we did this theme all year long that Jesus is our superhero, but we can be heroes. And so we went through Heroes of the Bible. We went through Esther and Joshua and, and explaining that they aren't superheroes, but they're heroes. And we even did a non-Bible hero. We did George Washington Carver because we wanted to show them the story of somebody who grew up in bad circumstances and was a committed Christian and turned out to be a phenomenal person in history. And so the kids, we had all kinds of activities. We gave them a little piece of paper with a little peanut on it, and they had to be creative and draw something with it. And so anyway, uh, this has been the theme for this year is the superhero, that they can be heroes. Anyway, that's our, that's our school. We have a library program. We've been trying to get lots of books. Um, one of the things about being a Christian, I was going to say ministry, but it's just being a Christian. God gives us visions and gives us dreams and things we want to do. And you've got to hold on to them, but with patience. Because it doesn't always happen as fast as you think. We got down there, and I had, I want to do this, this, this. I want to have a band. I want to have a music room. Well, music room down there is kids that have drums at their homes. They don't, their marching bands just have drums. There's no music. And I still want to do that, but you have to be patient. Some of you all have had dreams, and you've given up on them because they didn't happen like you thought or when you thought. You have to hold on to your dreams. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. There's three key words. There's faith, patience, and perseverance. When you read the Bible, you always see faith and patience together. We say that they're twins. Faith and patience are always there together. Perseverance just makes it, twi- makes it triplets and it, it sticks in together. Anyway, um, I do have a quick devotional. Um, I'm not going to speak long like Johnny said. I'm a man of few words. Uh, before, I, before I get into that, though, um, have you all noticed that the times are, are kind of closing in on us? There's um, not pressure like we're at war, like during World War II, but all the things that are happening in our society and happening in the world are happening really quickly. And so as a Christian, I'm always thinking, you know, what does this mean for me? What do I need to do? And what I always come back to is I don't need to do more. I don't need to look for n- newer things. I need to focus on being Christ-centered with my life. If I'm centered on Jesus, if Jesus is my very life, then I'm going to end up doing what he wants me to do because I don't always know what I need to do. Like I told you, I have ideas and I have visions and all kinds of things, but some of those need to be sorted out by God. And so the best thing you can do is stay close to Jesus. I remember, you remember what, what, would, what would Jesus do, the little bracelets and stuff, and that's really cool, but I think about more for me to live as Christ, just, just to center in on there, because I'm going to fail, I'm going to have good ideas, I'm going to have bad ideas, I'm going to sin, I'm going to do good things, but you always come back to being close to Jesus. So anyway, that was free, and get into uh, just, just a few thoughts I have, mostly maybe for, a, for the new year, I want to talk about missionaries. Um, when we first went to the mission field back in the 90s, I remember people saying, oh, you guys are, 
you guys are really special because you're you're going to the mission field. And I remember thinking, that's not right. We're just ordinary people. And after being on the mission field and we came back and people would say that, I would say, eh, not so much. I can sin just as good as you can. I can backslide being in another country just like anybody else. It's just that we happen to be in a different location, nothing else. Um, missionaries throughout history have been people that have been sent. But if you study your Bible, you'll find out that the whole world is the field, not just foreign countries, and that we're all sent to do something. And so when I started thinking about what is this thing about missionaries, uh, what does it mean, um, I went back to a guy that I used to hear preach at, at Grace Outreach Center years ago, and he's a, he's a missionary um, he has a lot going on in Lebanon right now. You talk about a rocking guy. He's got a Christian center in downtown Beirut. And uh, we, Barb and I have personally supported him forever. I mean, we, we monthly support him. But he said something one time that really got my attention. He said, each of us has an assignment from God or a series of assignments. And what is important in our lives is the get those assignments from God and with faith and patience fulfill them some assignments are long some assignments are short some will take you to another country some will keep you right exactly where you are some will have you work in uh, all kinds of different kinds of outreach but there are assignments from God that come specifically to each one of us now when you tie that in with being a missionary to me, what a missionary is, is someone that has a mission from God. And it doesn't matter what it is, how big it is, or where you go with it, but you have to be faithful to it because God's going to reward us based on our faithfulness, not on the size of your mission. And you can avoid a whole lot of trouble in life when you realize that God has made me unique. He's created me with gifts, and most of the time, my mission will go beyond my gifts. Let me tell you a secret. If your assignment from God is not bigger than you than who you are, then you're missing something because you have to have faith. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if I have a, a mission that I think is a mission that doesn't require me trusting God, then I don't use faith and I don't please God. So when I have to stretch out and say, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this, and I have to use my faith, then I'm pleasing God. If I say, well, yeah, this is a snap. I can do this. Well, maybe I can, but I'm not pleasing God because I'm not using any faith. And so don't, don't be afraid to let God stretch you. Now, he'll stretch you in, in pieces. It doesn't happen all at once. You all remember Abraham in, in Genesis? Uh, he was asked by God to sacrifice his son. But God didn't ask him that when he first called him. He started through this process. And I'll tell you, Abraham was not... He was not Mr. Faith Man at the beginning because God said, I want you to leave your family and go to this land that I will show you. So he got his, fa he got his father and his nephew Lot, didn't exactly leave his family, and he went halfway and waited till his dad died, and then he took off, and he still took a lot with him. And so his faith was growing and growing and growing. He lied about his... He didn't really lie when he said Sarah was his sister because she was kind of his half-sister, but he was just trying to save his own skin. He went through all this process, and God still considers him 
the father of the faithful. And so the process of getting that mission from God, that assignment, and fulfilling it was something that took him his lifetime. That's what's going to happen with us. We will have assignments that are very short-term, and we will have some that will take our whole life. But what you have to do, and the secret to being a successful Christian, is to find out what God has for you and grab it. And say, I'm going to be faithful and do it. And then you'll see something really cool when you come to church. Because God's like an orchestra director. He puts all those different assignments together. And they come at something in unity. It's really interesting. Anyway, in your Bible, and I got my son's Bible because I only have a Spanish one. Look at, um, look at Acts chapter 13. Now, Paul and Barnabas, uh, they, were, they were apostles, and they had some really uh, interesting assignments from the Lord. It says, in the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up. The, 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 the print on this Bible is also smaller than my normal. That's why I like my iPad, because you just make it bigger. And it goes on, and it says, um, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted, one page, fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and they sent them off. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And it goes on about how they fulfilled their mission. They had a very specific assignment given to them by God for a short period of time. It wasn't eternal, and they were faithful. Now, these guys were apostles. They were big shots in the kingdom of God. But what really gets my attention here is that they took what God gave them and did it. Sometimes we don't want to take the smallest, the smallest task. Talk to your neighbor. Uh, pray for this person. Tell this person that Jesus... We don't take the smallest ones, but that's what it's all about, being faithful. Not every task is eternal. Matter of fact, um, I'll share something with you. Sometimes we get in trouble because we see some ministry that closes down for some reason, and we say, well, that wasn't God. Because if it was God, it would keep going on and on and on. Folks, that's not necessarily true. Things have a starting point, and they have a stopping point. And nothing's eternal except for Jesus and His love for us. That, that's eternal, but things start and stop. I remember years ago, I was involved in a ministry, a Bible school in Costa Rica. And uh, speaking of Costa Rica, Barb... Let me back up for a second. Let me have those things. I'm going to give you guys a... I forgot to do something here. This is my lovely assistant. Before I... Um, I got here. I brought two door prizes. Now, this is not quality of stateside stuff. This is... I took a picture with my telephone and we of our kindergarten graduating class. And uh, we blew it up into a calendar. And... Now, for you people that are over 50, you may understand how I said, you know, we were in Costa Rica, and all of a sudden my brain went to this. When you get older, your brain does really random things. But anyway, this is our preschool uh, class, and I'm going to give this away to the person who raises their hand and tells me the name of the president of Nicaragua. 
Got to raise your hand first. Nobody? Uh, you could do whatever you want. Okay, yes? Oh, come on up. <laughs> now, Daniel Ortega, Nicaraguan Constitution says you can be president. You can't be president two times in a row. And, and he was pre That's okay. It, he was president last time, but when he came up for re-election, according to the Constitution, he can't run. But he controls the Supreme Court, and they declared that part of the Constitution unconstitutional, and, and he ran, and he's going to run again. Okay. Now, this is our sixth grade class. And the person that can tell me what is the country due north of Nicaragua. Raise your hand. Yeah. Oh, the family's going to take them all. <laughs> Nobody. Yes. Honduras. Honduras. Or in Spanish, Honduras. Okay, very good. Okay, back to Costa Rica. Now, I really would tell you how my brain handled that. Sometimes I tell my wife, I'll say something random, and I say, actually, there is a reason why I said that. You want me to go through the, the pattern? And she says, no, no, I, you are random. Okay, back to Costa Rica. We worked with the Bible school, and they came into Costa Rica right as a real Holy Ghost revival was happening. It was a God thing. And for years, they prepared, and, and it was just a blessing. But there came a time when it was time, it was over. It was time to move on. The local church had become stronger, and a lot of the founding missionaries went to other fields. But a group of them said, no, this is God. We have to keep this thing going at all costs. And they kept it going and it shriveled up and it ended up dividing churches and a whole bunch of things happened because we have to identify when it's time to do something and when it's time not to do something. For, for example, if God gives me an assignment to talk to someone about Jesus, about their marriage, to pray for their sickness, um, I need to take it on. But it doesn't mean I have to stay with them forever until their marriage is fixed, unless the Lord indicates. There's times our assignments are short-term. There's times that they're long-term. When we just have to keep going, like Abraham, he just kept going. He just kept going. He was the father of Israel. We will have assignments like that. You have to stick with them. There's a couple dangers with your missions. Sometimes we see other people's missions, and we think, oh, if I was a real Christian, I'd be pastoring. I'd go to another country. I'd be preaching on the bus. They do that a lot in Latin America. I'd be doing this. I'd be doing that. Because we see a person who is fulfilling their assignment that God gave them, and they're doing really well. They're anointed by God. They're, they're bearing fruit. And we think, God, if I was a Christian, if I was a really good Christian, I would be doing that. And if you try to imitate that, you're going to be in trouble. You have to find out what God wants you to do. And there's other people that... Um, they not only think that, oh, I should be doing that, but then they feel guilty because they're not doing what other people are doing. I've had people say, well, God, I feel so bad because, to be honest, uh, I'm not willing to move to another country. And I always say, well, did, has God told you to move to another country? Well, no. Then don't worry about it. What is God asking you to do? How is God stretching you personally? Listen, Christianity is an adventure. If you think Christianity is boring, then you're missing something somewhere because it's an adventure of faith. Faith is always stretching me more and more and more. It's an adventure. And, and if, I'm, if I'm not being stretched somewhere, 
then I'm missing something. I want to challenge you all for the, for the, the next year. God has assignments for you. They're missions. Y'all are missionaries. You're sent to do something. You need to get a hold of those things and let God stretch you. I'll tell you a personal stretching story that's very unspiritual. Um, I, I am years old. And my son came down. He comes down every year and he does a basketball camp. And I help him. I like basketball. But then he leaves. And I'm thinking, well, these kids need to keep playing basketball, but no one down here plays basketball, so we need to get an old man out there that's so many years old to play, play basketball with these kids. That's very stretching for me. It is very stretching, but uh, the ki- you, can, you, can do, you can do a lot more than you think you can do. Physically, mentally, you can learn more. Uh, spiritually, you can do a lot more. Well, let's go on just a little bit more. I told you this was going to be not long it's 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 a devotional look at ephesians chapter 2 yes i definitely need the large print edition ephesians 2 8 and 9 well-known verses also my son has a different translation i normally use but that's okay oh my gosh thank you ephesians 2 8 and 9 God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. What version is this? A new living. Okay. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You know that before the foundation of the world... God planned the assignments we're going to have. The things that God talks to me about doing with my life are His ideas. They're His assignments. He's given it to us. You don't go into a class and say, "Um, Hey, teacher, I got an assignment for me to do overnight. No, the teacher gives you work to do. God has things for us that go along with us that will require us to believe Him, that will require us to have faith, and He does it. And He's planned that from before we were born. It's not as complicated as we make it. We make it complicated. I make it complicated because I don't step out in faith. I just, oh, God, I'm just not comfortable with that. So? So what? I mean, that's never been a thing for God, whether we're comfortable with something or not. The thing is to accept what he gives us and to be faithful. Well, this verse is so interesting because just like we're saved by grace and not by our own works, it's nothing that I did... It's nothing that I did to plan the assignments that God's going to give me. He gives them to me because He knew me before I was even born. And He knows what I need. He not only knows what I'm capable of, but He knows what I need to grow with Him. You know, it's not just about getting things done. It's about glorifying God and letting Him use me for His glory. So we see that in in Ephesians. The size of what we do doesn't matter. The place of what we do doesn't matter. It's being faithful. I've seen... um, Man, I just think of a lot of examples that I've seen through the years of people that you get stuck in some... You know, uh, a lot of denominations get started with uh, a move of God, like a revival, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But then they just get stuck in that. 
instead of going on to the next thing that God has for him. And we, we're humans. That's what we do. But I'm saying we need to make the decision that I'm going to stretch myself out by faith. I can stretch out a little bit more. We all have missions from God. And like I said with the church, it's, it's cool because if, we, if Jim, and Jim is one of my favorite pastors because I podcast a lot of pastors, but Jim actually has solid stuff you can apply to your life every time you listen to him. Now, he's not a really good podcaster because it'll go a couple months and there won't be anything. Then all of a sudden, eight pre- <laughs> sermons will, will pop up on my telephone. But that's okay. We can, we can still work through them. <laughs> but in a church, and this is, this is really, it's tricky for a pastor for, because a pastor a lot of times has needs in a church and they want to fill. They want to fill the needs. But he more has to direct people to grow into faith and then participate in what the church is doing. A healthy church is a church where everybody is is finding their their assignment from God, their mission, and doing it, and then seeing how God puts that all together, and it's very cool. Now you all have a you all have an outline or something to write on, um, and a pen. I want you just we're going to take a minute. I want you just to think. What is an assignment that God has given you personally, or maybe to your family, that requires? you to stretch yourself a little bit. I want everybody just to think about that and write something down. And then we'll trade those with other people. Just kidding. We're not, we're not, we're not going to trade them with other people. But I want everybody just to think for a second. You might think, well, I've done this and I've done that. That's great. But we got tomorrow. If, uh, if we were done, then we'd die and go, go be with Jesus. Which reminds me of uh, when we were teaching our kids salvation this year. Um, Barb asked them how many want to go to heaven. We, we'd laid that we'd laid the foundation. They all raised their hand, and she said, "How many want to go today?" <laughs> no, no, not today. Later. Okay, just think about um, think about something that you think or you feel like the Lord would have you do. That's beyond where you're at right now. It would stretch you out a little bit. And if you can't think of anything. Ask the Lord, Lord, um, I know I'm alive. I know you have things for me planned from before the the foundation of the world. I'm opening my heart to you. I'm not going to close it off. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to let you work with me. Now I want you to write down what's the stumbling block to actually doing that. And don't don't say time or anything because everything's going to take time. Everything's going to take patience, and it's going to take faith. Like some of the things, my stumbling blocks, with, uh, for instance, my vision to have a band. You know, you need, I need a band, a band person, a bilingual band person. I need instruments. I need, I mean, there's a ton of them. Those are things that I need, but it'll happen over time. Uh, You know, in Nicaragua, Hardly any of the schools have labs in high school for chemistry or, or biology. I want to have a lab. I want to be able to dissect frogs. I want to be able to do all that kind of stuff. But we don't have it yet. So those are on my list. These are things I, I'm believing God for, but with patience and faith. Because I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the ability to coerce some bilingual band director that, to come down and work with us. I know one that I think would be perfect, but... Uh, 
It may not be who God has. So that's on my list. This is, this is one of my dreams. This is one of my assignments. I've, and I'm with faith and patience, I want to build on it. But I also see the, the stumbling blocks or the problem. So I want you all to write down what you think might be the problem. Now, your assignments could be small ones. You could write down, I'm too shy to talk to so-and-so. Go ahead and write it down because we're going to pray over it. We're going to believe that in this year, this coming year, we are going to be people that are receptive to the assignments that God gives us. We're going to be missionaries where God sends us, to the field that he sends us to. Okay, so you have two things written down. What it is and what are the stumbling blocks. And then I just want you to write down, I commit myself to grow towards this goal this year. Because the Lord, remember, he's, he's designed these things. He puts it in our heart. And he, he's the one that, that moves us forward in this. Sometimes we think that, well, we know that pastors have visions and dreams, but God puts that in everybody. You may not be a pastor, but you've got something that you've got to do. Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you this morning and we understand that we have a mission. We are missionaries. We are sent to do things. Some things with our whole life, some things temporarily, some things uh, over a long period of time, some things over a short period of time. And Lord, this morning we accept that fact. We accept that we also ask you to forgive us for thinking that that's too hard or I don't see the possibilities when you see all the possibilities when you see all the answers when you see the path of growth for each of us to do what we're supposed to do with the ultimate reason and bringing glory to yourself Father this morning I just pray over this congregation and I thank you that it is a congregation of sent people of missionaries of people with assignments from you specific assignments to do in this life and I thank you that right now we are reaching out to you with faith not always with understanding but with faith the just shall live by faith not by understanding we live by faith and we reach out to you by faith believing that this comes from you and that you will provide the path for us to walk in and as we walk in it we will please you and I thank you, Lord, that this coming year, I know in the world it's going to be a year of more, more trials, but there's also more victories and more, more glory for you. And I just speak a blessing over this congregation that this year will be a year of growth individually and growth in the corporate sense of fulfilling the mission. Father, I thank you. We give you all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.